What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your AEW Dynamite review for June 15th, 2022, The Road Rager, which is apparently still Road Rager when we get to Friday, but I'm not going to be reviewing that. Remember a week or so ago when I said I was going to review Rampage because it actually looked good, and then stuff happened, and life happened, and that just didn't go on. Um, before we get into tonight's show, or before we get into tonight's pod, I want to say... I'm probably not going to be able to do tonight's show justice because I found it really hard to get into tonight's show for two reasons. One of them is personal, one of them is a little bit more generic. The um, the personal reason, and this is just like where I sit as a wrestling fan right now, I don't know much about New Japan. And right now, we are building to a AEW versus New Japan show. So while on the one hand it makes me, you know, root, root, root for the home team as we get towards Forbidden Door, it's... I, I'm really hesitant to make the WWE comparison, but it's like watching Bragging Rights or like watching um, Survivor Series if you only ever watched Raw or if you only ever watched SmackDown. So now there's names that I know of, there's names that I've heard of, there's names that I've heard in the ether, but whatever is happening, I'm paying attention to that side of the coin, which isn't necessarily good if the AEW side of the coin is the heel in the scenario, because you would want, regardless of where they came from, I'm assuming the babyface is the one you want to be cheered? I don't really know. So, on the one hand, in general, and it's been building over the past couple of weeks, you guys have probably heard me say various things like this, but we're building towards a show that I'm half invested in. Which, which is not ideal, and as people have pointed out, it's the quickest turnaround AEW has ever had from one pay-per-view to another, because, you know, typically their pay-per-views are like four months apart, there's lots of build, and it feels like, not in a bad way, not because it's very much just let's make some fantasy matches happen, um, but it's been very slapdash, and obviously we have to have an interim title <laughs> figured out in the meantime, so that was done pretty slapdash, and... You know, that that is what it is. So for me personally, because I'm not, not... Not to say I'm not invested in New Japan. My knowledge of New Japan just isn't what it needs to be for this to be a thing. For this to be a thing that I was into, it would have to be, you know, AEW versus Impact. It would have to be AEW versus NXT or WWE. It would have to be AEW versus Destiny or versus Greek Town or versus something like that. But it's not. So... While I'm sure the matches are great and I'm slowly getting to know some of these people that I'm really not familiar with, that I've only ever heard from by name, it's very hard to get interested in a show that's only half feeling like it's been built for me. That's me. That's not anybody's fault. That's not AEW's fault. That's not New Japan's fault. That's not, you know, Twitter's fault. That's not anybody's fault. That's just where I come from right now as a wrestling fan. The other reason is, holy fuck, in the past couple of weeks, what the hell is going on with wrestling? On the one side of the coin, I'm super happy. Up here, in my little nesty part of the world near Toronto, as you guys know, um, you know, COVID dropped, the last of the restrictions dropped, I don't even have to wear a mask on the bus anymore, I'm a happy kid, yes, I'm getting into the selfish phase of the post-COVID era, sue me. 
but I've been to two Destiny shows. I've been to a WWE house show. On the horizon, I've got two more Destiny shows. My first ever Greektown wrestling show. And yes, for all my sins, I am going to Monday Night Raw when it comes to Toronto. Um, so on a personal, like, where am I going? What am I doing? What is my activity for the day? I'm looking very forward to the next little bit in, uh, in my wrestling life as far as putting my butt in the seat, as Tony Schiavone would say. But pro wrestling in general, the pro wrestling landscape, the pro wrestling scene, the pro wrestling conversation, holy Christ, Orton's injured. Punk got himself the title and got injured the following week. Cody, you guys know Cody Rhodes is not my favorite guy by any stretch of the imagination, but Jesus Christ, how can I not give the guy a little bit of credit at this point? Apparently Adam Cole's carrying some injuries. Apparently Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, sorry, is carrying some injuries. And then we get the Jeff Hardy news, and I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm really not. You guys know how much of a diehard Hardy Boys fan I am, specifically Jeff Hardy. I got a lot of leeway, I got a lot of wiggle room, but fuck me, man. From Victory Road 2011 to whatever day we're at today, 2022, how many times can we come up here and say, the guy ne the guy needs help, we hope he's doing well, Roger, we... I said it to somebody, I think I might have left a comment on a... On a Good Mike Works video on this. Uh, as much of a fan of Jeff Hardy as I am, I'm getting to the point now where I don't even want to see his name in the headline because the chances are it's not good. So that's a bummer. That that has a roll-on effect into tonight's show. And then right, right, right as... Oh, by the way, side note. Huge shout-out. Uh, I said it on Twitter, but I'm going to say it again here. If you want a balanced, fair, unbiased... Uh, sort of neutral, but still relatively realistic um, take on the whole Jeff Hardy situation. I really do encourage you guys to go check out Good Mike Work. Uh, Greg did a heck of a video earlier this morning on the Jeff Hardy situation. I think he named, he labeled it a mic drop. Uh, that's, you know, his little short video series. It's very good. If you want a uh, fair, sort of balanced, unbiased assessment of the situation instead of hearing it from a sarcastic very very biased asshole like myself please i cannot say i cannot plug uh him enough go check out uh the video that he did on the situation it's very good and then i'm getting ready for dynamite tonight because despite you know the hardy boys are obviously going to be missing from the triple threat and that's a bummer that's gonna that's gonna linger over the whole show isn't it um i saw a post on twitter again because you know doom scrolling as i do and uh, it was a, what, one of the uh, sarcastic posts from Simon Miller from What Culture that said, I love the fact that, you know, wrestling news is just calm and relaxed and, you know, nothing could possibly pop up. And I'm like, okay, what the hell's going on? And I'm not going to get into this either because we shouldn't. Vince McMahon has basically been me tooed because of course he has. <laughs> Now, I'm going to say this for what it's worth. I'm not saying anything for Vince McMahon, and I'm not saying anything against Vince McMahon. And that is the point. If you are jumping on this, if you are saying, ah, we got him, then we've learned nothing from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation. And yes, that does directly apply here. I'm sorry, somebody's guilt or innocence in a criminal context does not get decided by your opinion of his wrestling company. I'm just saying. That's all I'm going to say on the topic. I don't know whether it's true. I don't know whether it's false. If it's true, then whatever. The dude had an affair and it cost him a butt ton of money. 
I said it on Twitter because I had to say something funny about it to just not get dragged into the, the seaweed and moss of the whole situation. I said, hey, if Linda McMahon wants to get some revenge, she wants to throw me $3 million, I will go to town on some dusty, cobwebbed fucking clam burger on Linda McMahon if she wants to get her revenge on Vince and throw me three million dollars. I want to do the freaking Dr. Evil voice. Three million dollars. It's very, very hard for me to feel, so even if it's true, it's very, very hard for me to feel sorry for somebody walking away with three million dollars. So yeah, everybody's injured going into cool, going into, um, you know, Forbidden Door. Everybody's injured going into Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank's not happening in a stadium anymore. Uh, TNA, or not TNA, AEW's doing an interim championship. The only, the only bit of positive gossip, positive good news, positive rumor, I'm not even going to mention tonight because it will be more appropriate tomorrow night when I record my preview for Slammiversary. There's your hook. Tune in for the preview for Slammiversary. It's a really, really good card. There's two bit, bits of the card that are yet to be determined. Uh, I think uh, the Impact Originals team needs to name two more members to go up against Honor No More. I do hope to have Guapo with me here for the Slammiversary uh, preview. Whether I have Guapo with me or not, we will talk about the show. It is really loaded. It does relate to a couple of shows that I'm going to up here in Canada, ironically enough. And... I will talk about that one positive rumor that I really, really hope is true. But for right now, as I say, not really connecting to the show entirely because of what's going on on the show and not really connecting to the show tonight because of everything that's happening outside the show, behind the scenes, etc., etc., etc. Best wishes to Jeff. Don't really know where to stand on the Vince thing just yet because we don't have any actual facts yet and those things are pesky. I know they get in the way for some people, but it is what it is. Orton, Punk, Cody... Uh, Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, whatever level of injury you're at, then I, I hope you're getting better. Punk had his surgery. Um, you know, people are laughing at Punk because he broke his foot. That's awesome. People are mocking uh, Sammy Guevara and Tay Conte for getting engaged. That j you're just shitty people at that point. Whatever uh, whatever injuries Adam Cole is carrying around, he was on the show tonight, so hopefully they're less minor. Oh, one good thing I can throw into the mix. Big E got on social media either late yesterday or early today with a quick couple second video of him throwing his neck brace in the trash. So maybe that's a sign. That's a sign for something good. Anyways, let's get on to the show. <laughs> that was that was a, an abrupt transition, was it not? Uh, we started out the show with uh, Jericho and Ortiz, hair versus hair, with Regal on commentary. Regal on commentary is great because for most of the match, he's talking about what a rock star like Chris Jericho would look like with a bald head. How could he possibly be a rock star with a bald head? Obviously, he hasn't heard of Dave Draymond. He's out of the loop. It's fine. Uh, Jericho, showing the uh, immediacy of the situation, tried to end the match really, really quick with an early lion salt, uh, trying for the victory right away. Topper Obrana dropped into a bomb by Ortiz. It was, here's the thing, it was botched, but the botch made it look better because it wasn't set up into a proper, hey, look at this, it's a powerbomb. The Rana just sort of fell forward. So I don't think that's what they were going for. I do think it was a bit of a slip, but it made it actually look better. It made it look a little bit more uncomfortable, which was good, provided that everybody's okay. Uh, high angle apron suplex to the floor by Jericho. Oh my God. Eddie Kingston's on the outside. 
and he's a cartoon character at this point, so it's King Bobblehead versus the world on the outside during most of the picture-in-picture. -picture. After picture-in-picture, -picture, when we come back from the commercial break, there's a chop battle all the way into the corner. Now, when people brawl, and eventually they brawl into a corner, that's one thing, but these guys chop battled their way into the corner, and I found that mildly entertaining. Uh, top rope cutter by Ortiz, code breaker by Jericho. Um, Rana gets countered into the walls of Jericho by Jericho, obviously. Uh, the brawl outside continues. Wheeler Yuta and Santana join the mix. Uh, makes me wonder why at least Santana wasn't already at ringside because all of the Jericho Appreciation Society was at ringside, but whatever. Uh, Bobblehead tries to get a cheap shot in, but it doesn't get the win. Fuego del Sol runs into the ring, and he's a good guy. He's gonna he's gonna help the good guys. No, Fuego del Sol takes Floyd ironically named, I'm going to leave it at that, and cracks uh, Ortiz in the head, Jericho gets the win. Fuego po poses on the rampway, and for a split second, I'm like, if Fuego del Sol, of all people, has done a heel turn to join the Jericho Appreciation Society, I'm going to laugh huge. What made me laugh even better was Fuego, in tight air quotes, pulling the mask off, and it's Sammy fucking Guevara. Sammy, the prodigal son of Chris Jericho, has come home, and I popped huge for this. This was good. This was one of the things that I was actually able to get into, and I'm thinking, okay, why are they doing it now? Why are they doing it now? I, I don't mind that they're doing it now, because Sammy Guevara is one of the greatest things on AEW, along with his lovely bride. Um, putting him back with Jericho is awesome, and then I started doing the maths, because we wondered going into... Um, what was it? Anarchy in the Arena, how it was going to work, because technically the Blackpool Combat Club and Santana Ortiz and the Bobblehead make six guys taking on a five-guy thing. Now they're building towards blood and guts. Wheeler Yuta's back from Japan. Still, They still haven't said anything about how he did in Japan, so I'm assuming it's not worth talking about. So now, the implication to me, at least, they didn't confirm this on the show, but the implication to me would be that the Blood on Guts match is now going to be six on six. That's going to be a pile of people mess. And as long as they don't do the whole Jericho falling through cardboard boxes thing again, that's that has the potential to be really, really fun. Sammy Guevara has sort of worked his way out of the uh, TNT title picture, which we're going to talk about later. So yeah, put him back with Jericho for a bit. It'll be fine. And, and that story does move on later on. We get a People's Court parody uh, explaining the uh, Smart Mark Sterling and all the security guards, the, what is it, the Union of Security Guards of America, or whatever it was, versus Wardlow, and he's going to have a 20-on-one elimination match. And what do you want me to say here other than he killed 20 jobbers in security shirts? He... Over and over again, he would grab five or six at a time, powerbomb one onto three or four others, pin them, he was pinning them in groups of three and four and five, and he, he got the win, and when they announced him as the winner of the match, they say the case has been dismissed, which made me laugh and then made me die a little inside, but then he gets interrupted by Dan Lambert, who is up in the skybox with Scorpio Sky because Wardlow said he wanted to get his hands on the TNT championship, Dan Lambert proceeds to point out that, like, you know what, you, you you should know where the threats are coming from at all times, and he names off two random UFC guys that I have no idea, because much like New Japan, I don't watch UFC. 
two big UFC guys get in the ring to square up to Wardlow. Wardlow says, hey, I think we are all cut from the same competitive cloth. The two UFC guys immediately agree with him, toss him Smart Mark Sterling for a powerbomb. They all pose together, and this is pointless. Really pointless. I get, I get that eventually we're taking this towards... Um, it's got to be it's got to be Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. It, it sort of rings of uh, Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston a little bit, and I hope it goes that way. I want them to do something with Wardlow that I give a shit about. So far, this is not it, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on, Dax Harwood taking on Will Ospreay. I didn't make it to the end of Rampage last week. I did not see the uh, the trios match with. Uh, with uh, Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open. So I didn't see Will Ospreay fight. I will say, once again, Will Ospreay kind of looks like Logan Paul and Ric Flair had a kid. It's weird, but okay. I've been told a million things that as soon as I lay my, lay my eyes on this guy, he's going to wow me. And contrary to that, the first half of that this match is weirdly simple. And when I say that... It was really, really simple to the point of almost where are we going with this, but also it was good, simple, so it never dragged. It was sort of we're waiting for we're waiting for the fuse to light, so to speak. And the fuse lit when they got to the outside and Osprey hit a shotgun dropkick on Dax into the steel steps. Coming back from the commercial break, Dax, interestingly enough, entertainingly enough, took Sorry, took Will Ospreay to Suplex City and then misses the headbutt. Slingshot elbow drop on the outside by Ospreay. Slingshot power, slingshot sit-out powerbomb by Dax. Powerbomb cutter and a hit, hidden blade gets the win for Ospreay. Now, this evens the odds for Ospreay, I guess, because his team lost on Friday is, is what everybody else seems to be freaking out about. Not everybody that's coming from somewhere else has to win at AEW. They don't have to roll out... They don't have to make the mistake of WWE and always roll out the red carpet for outsiders and always lose to the outsiders. Um, so yeah, I guess this sort of evens it out a little bit. It is getting a like like I said before, it's it's pre-Survivor Series stuff. Oh, we've got a little bit of an invasion, but this is the brand to brand Invitational, so we've got Osprey tonight. Um, I hate to make the comparisons, but AEW themselves are making the comparisons for me. Osprey's group. Um, what is it, the United Empire, whatever, come out and they start beating down on FTR, uh, or sorry, beating down on Dax, and Cash comes out, and Rapongi Vice come out, so, you know, four, four, on th four on five, I can do math, thank you, Brain, um, so it's four on five, you know one more person's gonna come out, the brawl sort of slows, the brawl sort of slows, and we're waiting for somebody, and it is indeed Orange Cassidy, and... Everybody else brawls out of the ring. So in my mind, I'm like, well, the two tag teams are going to take on the two tag teams and these guys are going to face each other. Or we're going to get another huge faction versus huge faction match, which would be cool if AEW didn't do that a whole lot. So there, nothing was settled here. We get our answer later on in the night. Um, and I can't remember the last time we saw Orange Cassidy... Because Best Friends has sort of fallen by the wayside. Chris Statlander has risen above, and she's going off to do her own thing. Really, really happy for her. Her match on Rampage, I did see, and that was awesome. Moxley and Tanahashi. Face-to-face. -face. You know, the kind of graphic, the kind of announcement, the kind of uh, preview fodder. 
for uh, for an episode of Dynamite that would get absolutely run into the ground if it was preview fodder for Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, would it not? Uh, so now, the way I understand it, this is our final for the AEW uh, interim championship. They made they made friggin' vomit out of this when they first tried to make it make sense. They did the Battle Royal. Kyle O'Reilly won the Battle Royal. Kyle O'Reilly uh, then went on to take on John Moxley and lost, so Moxley went forward. Tanahashi went to, what was their pay-per-view over the weekend? Dominion? I didn't see it, but, you know, people told me things. Tanahashi beat, uh, oh, I'm gonna, it's Goto, it's, it's either Goto or Goto, um, please forgive me, I don't know New Japan stuff. Um, it's kind of funny that he was already going to be facing CM Punk for the proper AEW championship, but now that it's for the interim championship, he had to qualify at Dominion. I know they're trying to make it look like a mini tournament, but you, you, you had to qualify to get the interim title. You just had it when it was the actual title. That doesn't... And I really hate to say stuff like this because Mox is awesome and usually when he cuts a promo it's awesome, but I, like I say, if I'm not dialed in, my notes say Mox says some stuff. He runs down their history. He followed uh, Tanahashi all over, all over Japan, all over uh, New Japan Strong, which is, I guess, the New Japan brand in the States. Again, somebody tell me down in the box below. Uh, makes a big deal out of the term ace. You know, he's the ace of New Japan, and, you know, by the end of the match, you're going to call me ace. And then he's interrupted by Chris Jericho, and I was like, there's, there's a little bit of a throw it to the wall and see if it sticks element to the show as of now. Jericho comes out with Sammy Guevara and Tay Conte, and he cuts a promo on both of them, and he says to Mox in the best heel line, he's like, you only got this shot at all because I wasn't here last week, <laughs> which is it's entirely fair. Uh, and then he looked at Tanahashi and made some reference to some match they had at a main event in Tokyo, which I don't know about because I don't watch New Japan, which is fine. And um, I'm coming down to take all of you out. He comes down, I want to introduce you to some of my new friends. And he comes down and he says, get them boys. And it's him and it's Tay Conte and it's Sammy Guevara and it's... Um, Cool Hand Ange and uh, whatever they called the other one, and it's Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia, I always forget to say, uh, saw at Destiny before he uh, before he debuted in AEW, so check that off your Spaz Phoenix bucket list. And then you're joined by two more guys. He's joined by Archer, who's, that's fine, and Desperado, random luchador. Now, here's the thing. I don't know who Desperado is, first of all, so take me out of the equation right away, you know, throw me out into the sea, it's fine. But I'm the... Already, earlier on in the night, we had Sammy Guevara out there dressed as Fuego del Sol. And I'm like, did he bring out another asshole, like, dressed as a luchador? But no, apparently it is actually a luchador. And he uses this to announce that they are uh, Suzuki-goon, and he's borrowed them from his friend in Japan. Um, what is it, Minoru Suzuki? Who he's going to team with at the Forbidden Door. And it's going to be him... And it's going to be... Who's it going to be now? It's going to be him and... And uh, Suzuki. And somebody else. Oh! Sammy Guevara. Because they are now Latrace sex gods. Him, Sammy Guevara, and Tay Conte. I'm, this, is, this is soup, guys. And they're going to take on Wheeler Yuta. And... And some other people from Japan. I don't... Oh! Wheeler Yuta, 
somebody from Japan that I'm not familiar with whose name I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to because I'm trying to be respectful, and Eddie Kingston. So Eddie Kingston gets himself on the card once again. Now, Kingston and and Yoda, uh, Kingston and Yuda and this other fellow from Japan versus Suzuki, Jericho, and Guevara. What does this have to do with Mox and Tanahashi? What does this have to do with the rest of the group and the group? And because then, after this, you do get Kingston and Yuta and Santana and Ortiz and Ortiz with his bald head. This is soup. This is absolute soup. This is garbage. I mean, I'm sure individually that trios match that Jericho Jericho went rapid fire trying to explain this. He was doing the exposition dump. He, he really was. He was he was using somebody else's match to hype the match that he's going to be in with one character that's not even there, and he was talking over Mox and Tanahashi. Mox and Tanahashi clear the ring, they back up towards each other, they go face-to-face -face once again. Hey, we helped each other tonight, but not at the pay-per-view. This was, this was, this was poo soup. That's what this was. This was poo soup. Darby Allen's going to face Bobby Fish on Friday because Kyle O'Reilly injured Sting. So, he's going to face somebody that's not Kyle O'Reilly. Awesome. Tony Storm trashes Britt Baker before their match later on tonight. And then we get Ethan Page versus Miro in the qualifier for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. The All-Atlantic Championship only makes me smile because of how many people that were hoping and praying and wishing and dreaming for the trio's title, how much they are crying right now makes me smile a whole bunch. Plus, the belt is kind of kind of gorgeous. I mean, as a Canadian, this, this match made me cry. Um... Page does a little bit of cat and mouse to get a beat down on Miro in the early going, working on the arm, working on the shoulder, etc. One clothesline by Miro puts a stop to that. He puts a beat down on him, and Page eats the post. Um, breaks up the assault by Miro by hanging his arm over the rope because he's already worked on the shoulder, which is nice, but then he eats the steps on the outside. Uh, Page hits a spear from the top rope, which always looks a bit awkward, but in this case it was pretty effective. And right before he died... <laughs> Ethan Page has this one great moment where after he gets up from the top rope spear, Miro's on his knees, Page takes Miro's hands, puts them together, because uh, Miro always does these weird religious god-type promos, he looks down at Miro, puts his hands together, and says, no, pray to me, and then he dies. Miro goes on to the pay-per-view to fight for the All-Atlantic Championship, and Ethan Page dies, because... AEW hates Canada. Even though Tony Khan, in multiple interviews now, has specifically named Toronto as a place that he wants to do a show, we are getting disrespected like this. Not having it. In the back, unfortunately, somebody gave Dante Martin a microphone, and we move on to Britt Baker versus... I do not care. I think he's facing John Moxley, because armband reasons. Moving on. Um... Britt Baker and Tony Storm is a fun match. They brawl on the inside to start. They brawl on the outside to start. Stiff forearm shots by both ladies. Rebel distracts on one side, uh, gets the referee out of position, while Hater gets a cheap shot on the other side. Thunder Rosa comes out briefly to even the score on the outside. Tornado DDT from the apron to the floor by Tony Storm when we come back from the commercial break. She hits her with a wild hip attack. And, I mean, Tony Storm, it's an interesting thing, and I want to put this out there logically, because Tony Storm comes in hard with that hip attack, and it could probably kill you, but on the other side of the coin, what a way to go. Just saying. Uh, it's a wild hip attack. I'm an asshole. It's fine. Uh, then we have a pause in the corner where Britt Baker won't come out of the corner. She's hugging the middle rope, and I'm like, either she's playing possum or something's gone drastically wrong, and 
that's the that's what you're supposed to think when somebody's playing possum. She did in fact play possum. She went for the um, the lockjaw. It gets reversed into a storm zero. Storm zero is different than it was in WWE, which I really like. This is just a really really tight pulling spike pile driver. Tony Storm gets the win in a very very short but very very awesome match because Britt Baker is not hurt by a lot. Britt Baker is the star of this division, whether she's got that belt or not. So Tony Storm, who's awesome, criminally underrated in this company, criminally underrated in her former company, I'll be fair. Um, Thunder Rosa returns to the stage and points out Tony Storm basically with an unofficial you're next type thing, or you're, you're next to step up to me, or I'd like you to be the next one to step up to me, however you want to phrase it between two respectful baby faces. In the back, Stokely Hathaway announces that uh, Jade Cargill, who's unfortunately still a thing, is going to be on Rampage with an open challenge for her TBS championship, and it's accepted by Willow Nightingale, which is which is two sides of a coin. On the one hand, I like Willow Nightingale. I like having Willow Nightingale on my TV screen. On the other hand, it means they're going to bury Willow Nightingale on Friday, which makes me very, very sad. Stokely Hathaway is going to be on commentary because, in his own words, when you're this good, you get two paychecks. I like it. I like it. I wish he was managing somebody better. Hangman... Oh my god. More soup. More soup. Here we go. Hangman Page comes out and he addresses what happened at Dominion because Okada's no longer the IWGP champion. Jay, uh, Jay White is now the champion. Now this is kind of cool for me. As I've said before, there are a handful of people uh, that are referred to as people from New Japan, but I've seen them elsewhere. To me, the Good Brothers are still WWE guys, kind of. Go ahead and shoot me, I really don't care. But guys like Jay White, guys like Chris Bay, if they ever decide to bring Chris Bay over, guys like Hikaleo, um, even the Gorillas of Destiny, uh, I know they're not in the Bullet Club anymore, but... Um, these are guys that were introduced to me by Impact, so to me, it's like they're Impact guys <laughs> to me. Uh, Jay White and his Impact wrestling version of Bullet Club is pretty fucking cool. And uh, everything I've seen from Jay White so far, which admittedly is not very much, I like the tag team of him and Chris Bay in Impact. It's kind of, it's kind of bad because when... Uh, when the Bullet Club has a tag team title opportunity in Impact and it's the Good Brothers... I like the Good Brothers, they're entertaining as hell, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like, okay, if the, uh, if the, uh, why can't I think? My brain is falling out of my head, it's late in the day. If the Bullet Club are going to get a tag team championship match, I wish it was Jay White and Chris Bay. Uh, right now, I think, who is it? I think it's the Good Brothers versus, it is, the Good Brothers versus the Briscoes at Slammiversary. Let's talk more about that tomorrow night. But Hangman comes out and he says, when I came out last week, I said I wanted Okada, I said I wanted the IWGP Championship. I didn't consider, because I'm a master at being a dumbass, I mean, uh, in this case, the self-deprecating humor really didn't work. Um, I didn't uh, account for him no longer being the IWGP Champion, but the challenge still remains, and he gets cut off by Adam Cole yet again. He, he takes a minute to congratulate his buddy Jay White. He says, you're a loser. I'm the one that should challenge for the IWGP Championship. It should be the Forbidden Door isn't about AEW or New Japan. It's about the Undisputed Elite and the Bullet Club. Uh, it should be me versus my best friend Jay White and all that sort of thing. And uh, as an added bonus, Okada won't even be at Forbidden Door. Now, I don't know what the story is behind that or if it's even true, but that's fine. Um, 
Okada won't even be at Forbidden Door, but I've got somebody that wants to say hi to you. And they do play the Jay White music, but Jay White comes from behind, hits the Blade Runner on page, um, cuts a mini promo. He basically says, hey, you, hey man, you just lost to Punk just recently. You just lost your AW, AEW title just recently, and between you and I, we're 2-0. and o. Again, not knowing their history. I don't know if that's true or not. Somebody tell me down in the box below. And um, he looks up the ramp to Adam Cole. He says, oh yeah, by the way, don't celebrate too much. I'm not fighting you either. <laughs> And somebody said it on Twitter, I can't claim credit for this, but if you go back and you watch when he says that, they do the split screen, and it, it, it is 100% the Ralph Wiggum thing from The Simpsons. You can pinpoint the exact second that his heart rips in half. It is absolutely true. Adam Cole, it's one of those times where I don't mind somebody absolutely overacting. Yeah, yeah, celebrate, celebrate, we're going to have a cool match at the next pay-per-view. Wait, wait a minute, what? It's kind of like Jericho and Owens when Jericho saw that his name was on the list. Now, that's an, a completely different reference in a completely different context, but it does work in the scenario. By the way, I will say, I've seen really, really fuzzy, bad quality pictures of it. I've heard stories about it. But Jesus Christ, you guys got to tell me. Again, not familiar with New Japan, not, not familiar with the whole IWGP thing, which is what? International World Grand Prix? Is that what it, what it stands for? Holy fuck, that belt's ugly. That belt was ripped right off the neck of Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I know I'm late to the game on that one because fans of New Japan don't even like it. But what is that belt? Give it a little bit more shape and add a little bit more color to it, and that's the Divas Championship. That's really, really bad. Now, what we do have is the main event. Uh, I'm going to stick it in here now before I talk about the main event because they made these announcements during the main event, which is which is not ideal. Uh, for the Forbidden Door, they have added uh, Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy for the IWGP US. There's your eye chart for the day. IWGP US title at Forbidden Door. I mean, the little bit that I've seen of Osprey and what I know of Orange Cassidy, that looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Now, here's the one that kills me, though, because this is the pay-per-view that is... AEW versus New Japan, and you've got Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. Now, I want that match. I want that match on a proper pay-per-view platform, but does it does it strike anybody else as a bit odd that, like, it's not... Now, I know... Isn't, isn't the deal in New Japan, like, they don't have a women's division, they just partner up with other women's promotions? Is that the deal? Um, can they not use that as... A literal open door uh, to help out one of those promotions and get them some coverage or something. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not shitting on the match. Don't get me wrong. I want to see the match. Ultimately, I don't think Thunder Rosa is going to win. Or, sorry, I don't think Thunder Rosa is going to lose her title. Spoiler. Uh, I do think Tony Storm should be champion uh, sooner or later. Spoiler. Um, the match will be great. The match will be respectful. The match will be hopefully given a lot of time. But I just, it's its like a like a puzzle piece that doesn't fit, if that makes sense. Let me know what you think about that down in the box below as well. If it's, if it's a matter of New Japan just doesn't have a women's division, and I don't know that because I'm not familiar with New Japan, as I keep reminding you guys, then, yeah, you either have to have AEW versus AEW, or you don't have any women's matches on your card, which is also really unfortunate. Bring, uh, bring Deanna Prazo back over from, uh, from Impact. By then, Slammiversary will be over. She will have obviously won the Queen of the Mountain, and you could have a title versus title match. But, hey, that's just my fantasy booking that makes a whole fuck ton of sense. 
put the oh man now I'm now I'm going down a rabbit hole. Put the AEW Championship on Tony Storm. Then you have Tony Storm versus Deanna Perrazzo, champion versus champion at some future pay per view. Be really fucking good. Hire me. Hire me. I promise you won't have to pay me three million dollars. The Bucks versus Jurassic Express in a ladder match for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Now, match is fantastic. I'm going to talk about the match. I'm going to go over the high spots of the match because that's basically all you can do in a match like this. I would be lying if I said this match didn't have like a dark cloud over it. Like I said, the whole, like, Hardys aren't in it, which is fine. People are going to say, oh, the Hardys shouldn't be in it anyway because, you know, they're all busted up and they can't go anymore. Okay, fine, cool. Keep your bullshit negativity to yourself. But the reasoning, the reason for the uh, the Hardys, sorry, not being in this match anymore sort of looms over the match. And it does, I'd, I'd be lying to you guys, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, if I said that didn't affect my enjoyment of the match to a certain degree. That being said, the match itself was great. Jungle Boy, Springboard, Rana, one of the, sorry, sorry, Jungle Boy, Springboard, Rana's one of the bucks off the off of one of the ladders about 30 seconds into the match. So uh, we are on a way, and away we go. Luchasaurus uses Jungle Boy as a weapon a lot in this match, basically throwing Jungle Boy at them and letting him turn it into mid-air offense. Uh, Nick Jackson hitting a twisted senton off of a ladder that's leaning on the ropes to the outside to the floor was uh, was very Young Bucks-esque. I mean, here's the thing. You guys have heard me go up and down on the Young Bucks for a while now. It, ever since they've done the stuff with Adam Cole and with the Undisputed Elite, I found them a lot more entertaining and a lot less grating, so take that for what it's worth. But... I've, I've never said that the Young Bucks are not firecracker cocaine wrestlers, especially in a stipulation like this, so hats off to them in that regard. Luchasaurus, here, I'm going to try and explain this spot, and it's my notes, and I can't read my own notes because my writing is fucking terrible. Luchasaurus launches Jungle Boy over the ropes to Hurricane Rana, one of the Bucks, off the apron to a table on the floor. That, that, should, that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> Shouldn't be um, one of the, one of the one of the Bucks hits a springboard destroyer on Luchasaurus, which is fine. They set up a tower of tables on the outside during the pitcher and pitcher break. Apron moonsault into a double DDT on the floor by Luchasaurus. Dirty poison Rana by Nick Jackson on Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus eats the tower of tables, taking him out of the match. They hit the BTE trigger and the Bucks climb the climb the ladder. They get the win. Jungle Boy is injured in the ring. Luchasaurus is injured outside of the ring. Luchasaurus is being helped out of the arena. Jungle Boy is being helped out of the ring. Christian Cage pulls him back. And as we've been waiting for for so long now, gets the determined I'm about to turn heel look on his face, hits the kill switch, goes outside, grabs the chairs, con chair toe. That's how we go off the air. Now, how's this? How's this for progress with AEW as far as my fandom? Bucks won the championship in a ladder match over a team that I really like, and I don't mind it in the slightest. Um, Christian Cage gets the heel turn, uh, which is fine because Christian's awesome, but him being the third wheel, like almost dad figure in this little trio, was getting more and more progressively awkward, and I, and I think intentionally so, leading to this moment. Um, what I'm worried about, and I said it a while ago, and I'm going to say it again now, um, Christian turning on Jungle Boy is going to lead to a singles feud between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage, which is going to elevate him 
uh, as a singles star, he's going to probably go for the TNT Championship sooner than later, I would think. As they make Jungle Boy a singles star, I really hope they don't let Luchasaurus fall into the background. Um, I don't think they're going to make Luchasaurus uh, AEW champion, but it is really a case of when they named the four pillars, they said MJF, Sammy Guevara, uh, Darby Allen, and Jungle Boy. They didn't say MJF, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Jurassic Express. Uh, so there is clearly focus on one more than the other. I really hope uh, Luchasaurus doesn't get lost in the shuffle because he is ridiculously talented. And I don't think his is an act that will get, you know, tippy-top of the card on its own, which is super unfortunate. On the other hand, get uh, get Jungle Boy towards the TNT Championship. Christian will make him look like a million bucks. I do think it's kind of hilarious that within about ten days, you know, Edge and Christian... You can't talk about Edge and Christian without mentioning the other one, eventually. In the span of about ten days... Edge's faction turned on him, and Christian turned on his faction. There is a mirror element there that is kind of amusing. Um, as I say, the match was good. Big Dark Cloud looming over it for me because I'm just a Hardy Mark, and the whole Jeff Hardy news bums the shit out of me. If I if I'm not gonna if I'm uh, gonna be completely honest with you guys, wrestling is kind of weird right now. As I say, a lot of people are injured. A lot of controversial stuff going around, a lot of people hopping on bandwagons depending on who they like because of prior things and maybe not necessarily the current issue, <clears throat> the Vince situation right now. Uh, we'll see how that unfolds in the next few days, but um, Forbidden Door is starting to shape up. We've got Mox and Tanahashi, we've got something between Hangman, Jay White, and Adam Cole, maybe it's a triple threat match. And if it's a triple threat match, hey, I'm familiar with all three guys in the match, which <laughs> which is not something I can say for most of the matches on that card, other than Rosa versus Storm, because they're both AEW people. Um, it's very strange. I'll probably be more positive by tomorrow night when I'm recording the uh, Slammiversary preview, so I hope you guys tune in for that. As I say, I hope to have Guapo with me. Either way, I'm going to touch on a bit of uh, rumor and innuendo as it, as it uh, pertains to that show, and uh, yeah, if you want to uh, throw something down in the box below, or throw something to me at SpazPhoenix on Twitter that you'd like me to talk about during the Slammiversary preview, I uh, I will uh, answer if I can. I will make it part of the conversation if I can. I will make it part of the conversation if I have another person to converse with, because talking to myself is... Well, talking to myself is a Wednesday night thing, is it not? I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.